0: He actually had, uh, like in my 11th standard, when I joined, on the first day, first show, I got meetings from our class teacher. The reason was, when we entered, the class teacher said, uh, okay, let us look at our first question and I started laughing and he told me, get out of the class. Alright, guys, welcome back to the daily DBA show. I'm your host Arun Kumar from DBA Genesis and I am actually enjoying this show. I really don't know why, the only reason is I have seen the spike in the number of comments on YouTube channel and I have also seen the spike in the number of emails that I am getting. I am glad that I am actually able to help so many of you out there and please help me in reaching one of my biggest goals with DBA Genesis that is I want to reach each and every single DBA on this planet so how can you help me reach in this goal share these videos as much as possible try to speak with your friends who are also DBAs and ask them to get on to the DBA Genesis channel and let us build this community because the bigger community we have the faster learnings will have See, I believe in this one thing. We all cannot make all the mistakes in the world. So, it's better we learn from the mistakes of the others, right? Now, how can we learn from the mistakes of the others? When we build a big community, when we have big DBA community, we will have more and more problems that are being posted by other DBAs. And the more problems we have, we will try to solve as many problems as possible and that way we all will learn. All in all, I just request you to share all our DB Genesis videos with as many people as possible. Try to WhatsApp it or try to share it on your social media platform so that we get more DBs on board. Because see, I got an email yesterday from one of the students and what he said, you know, For the first time, he got to know about our DB Genesis channel and he was surprised that something like this even exists on the internet. Now, I was personally surprised by this statement and I really don't want somebody else missing our platform. So, without any further delay and with a small request of sharing these videos with your friends, let us start our show with the first question. 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 What is the difference between Local Partition Index and Global Partition Index? Now, I believe that this question is coming from someone who is using table level partitions inside their database. And when you use table level partitions, now you have a big table, right? And what you can do is, uh, the biggest problem with big tables is like uh, when you type a query, select star from the table, it's hard for Oracle to read through all the records because it's a big table, right? Now, understand what if you create a partition on the table. So for example, let's say you have a sales table. Okay. Now in this one big sales table, what you can do is you can create multiple partitions like sales uh, according to year-wise. So you have 2001 sales in one one partition, you have 2002 sales in one partition, 2003 sales in another partition and so on. Year-wise, you are creating partitions inside the table. Now, how does it help Oracle get your records faster is, now let's take your querying 2012 records. What will happen is Oracle will right away get into the 2012 partition and it can get the records from that small partition. Now understand getting the rows from a small partition is faster when compared to the big sales table. And that's why people use partitions. That being said, Now the question is, when you have big sales table, so how will you actually, so when you have big sales table, how do you think the indexes will act? See on a big table, you have big index. But when you have partition tables, how do you think the index will work? Now there are two options in this case. So you create small partitions, you have an option of either creating a very big index, that is. A normal index on the entire table of course now this kind of big index that is one index Which reference to each partition and each record in the respective partition is known as global index So one big index for all your partition tables or you have the second option that is local partition index Now in the local partition index for each partition you have a dedicated index. So 2001 uh, partition table you have 2001 index 2002 partition table, you have 2002 index. Now the question is which one is faster? Of course the local index because the local index is small and it references to the dedicated partition that it has been assigned and created for. When you go for a global partition, it's one big index. Alright, so understand for Oracle to find the right values inside the big index, it will take time because it's a one big index. So, all in all, the difference between a global index and a local partition index is global partition index will be one big index for all your partition tables. But a local partition index would be small indexes related to these small partitions. And which one is faster? I think you guys know the answer. Alright, so that being said, let's move on to the next question. I have two databases on one server. There is only one listener that accepts connection for both databases. How can I configure separate listeners for the databases? So guys, of course, I right now do not have a handy listener script that I can share with you uh, with which you can configure multiple listeners on a database. Of course, I'll try to share the link with you. Probably if you go to support.dbgenesis.com and you type listener in the search box, you will get my listener article where you might get the details of how to configure multiple listeners. I think if it is not there just let me know, I'll update it. I want to talk something about multiple databases on a server. So when you have multiple databases on a server, it becomes really hard if you just configure one listener. Because see if you are performing an activity on one database and you bring down the listener, of course the connections for the second database will also go down. Now, this is something we don't want to happen, right? Because if one database is having an activity, we want users to still use and connect to the second database, correct? So for second database, we want the listener to be up and running. But for the first database, we don't want the listener to be up and running. So it's a wrong configuration in a server if you have two databases and you keep only one listener for connecting both the databases. So what is the good idea? Good idea is to configure multiple listeners. One listener dedicated to one database, another listener dedicated to the another database. That way what will happen if you want to bring down the first DB, you bring down the first listener, this will never impact the second database connections. So users can still connect to the second database because listener is up and running. Perfect. Now I think the question is exactly the same. Like how to configure multiple listeners on a server. I think we have a script already. As I mentioned, go to support.debaygenesis.com in the search type listener.ora, and you should get the listener.ora file where you can configure multiple listeners in one single listener.ora file. One more thing guys, many people get confused. If you want to configure multiple listeners, you don't need to overthink or don't need to look for scripts. Just start the NetCA, Network Configuration Assistant, okay? And then you can configure multiple listeners and that way, Once you configure multiple listeners, go to Oracle Home Network Admin Location and try to look at the listener.ora file as to how NetCA has configured the multiple listeners. I think that's the sweet idea or a small shortcut that I can give you as to how to create multiple listeners. Alright, let's move on. So the next question we have is, what are the performance options for a fast index rebuild? Wow, amazing question because this is in regards to the database performance tuning because most of the times in production databases when you try to rebuild indexes, the rebuild index commands really take a lot of time because let's take if your indexes are very big, the rebuilding will take a lot of time. And if your database is of heavy DML commands, then definitely rebuilding is more important. So, the couple of ideas that I have is when you try to rebuild the index, you can actually use the no logging option. Because if you observe carefully whenever you rebuild the indexes, there will be a spike in the number of archives generated on the server. Now, this happens because during the rebuild process, a lot of archives are generated, a lot of redo entries are generated which definitely impacts your archives. So, what you can do is you can use the no logging option in order to rebuild the indexes fast. So, that way index will be rebuilt but redo entries will not be generated. So, that's the fastest option. Another option that people use in terms of speeding up the index rebuild is the parallel scan. So, what happens is when you use this parallel scan option, When you rebuild the index, it definitely goes for the full scan, right? So, you can actually increase this parameter based on the number of CPUs you have on your server. I mean, you can't just have any value. Depending on the number of CPUs you have, you can increase this value and that will speed up the rebuild process of the index. The next best option to speed up the index rebuild process is by Partitioning the indexes like how I mentioned in the earlier question partitioning the tables. You can also partition the indexes and that way Your rebuild command will have a small portion of the partition index to rebuild and that way it will be Faster and I guess guys the final option is a completely different or a radical option It is to use SSDs. Now if you know that MacBooks use SSD solid state drives. They do not use the normal hard disks which have a spindler and which has a input output uh, read header. So in real time we all know that most of the clients use the normal hard disks which have the spindler and the IO header. But what if you upgrade these disks to SSDs? The SSDs are solid state drives and the reading and writing to SSDs is much faster when compared to normal disks. The same thing happens in real time. Nowadays, I've seen a couple of clients who are migrating to SSD storage and SSD being so fast, everything is fast. Your database is fast, performance tuning goes up, uh, the response to the queries goes up and that's why if you have indexes which are stored on particular SSDs and if you try to rebuild them, it will be faster. Now those are my options on index rebuilding guys and in case if any one of you who has experience in index rebuilding and if you know any other option in speeding up the index rebuilding process apart from the four that I mentioned, use the parallel option, use the no logging clause or you can partition the index or use the SSDs and if you have any other option, please put it down in the comments and I would also learn from you guys. Alright let's move on. Before RMAN backup starts, what preparations are done inside the RMAN? For RMAN, I really can't say what preparations you need because this question is open-ended. See, you do not need to set up RMAN every time that you take the backup. First of all, when you have a database, you need to define a backup strategy and you write scripts for those backup strategies and boom, automatically the backups will be taken care of. So I'm not sure if you're asking this question from the perspective of just taking one-time backup, what you need to make sure, or you're asking this question based on defining a backup strategy for the database. So defining a backup strategy for the database is a completely different topic. We need to look at multiple stuff in order to define what is the right strategy for the database. Let's come back to the first part where I believe you're asking this question for testing purpose, or anytime you want to fire a normal backup on RMAN, So what all things you need to take care. So if I have to take any admin backup randomly on any database, what I would make sure is the control file auto backup is on. Now in 11g database the control file auto backup on parameter was not actually set to on, by default it was off. So you have to make sure it's on but in 12c it's automatically on. So if it is your 12c database you need not even worry about it. Also I would look at the size of the database and also look at the number of CPUs on the servers because the number of CPUs allows me to increase the number of channels in the r block. So for example if the database size is pretty big and then I just want to take the backup I'll try to increase the channels to four or maybe six and but I also need to make sure I do not exceed the number of CPUs on the server because if you exceed that number the channels will never be allocated. So the first thing that I'll make sure is control file auto backup is on. The second thing I'll make sure is the number of channels that I want to allocate. The third thing that I want to also check is if there is any application load that is going inside the database. Because what happens you know guys, when you run RMAN backups the CPU utilization on the server goes up. Now, because of that, let's take your application team is loading some data into the database. Definitely, there will be a very small performance impact. So, I would be very careful in running a random backup. I would check with the application team if uh, there is any load or anything they are uploading into the database so that they don't face any performance issues. Apart from this, even before triggering an Arban backup, I would check the backup location where the backup will be stored. Do I have enough space in the backup location or not? Because if you don't have space in the backup location, eventually your backup will fail. Apart from this, now you might have a quick question like, Arun, how do I define the size of the backup location? See, if you go to support.dbgenesis.com, I have scripts which will allow you to check the backup size inside the SQL Plus. If you search for the article ARMAN backup query, you will get the SQL query which you can run in SQL plus and you will actually get to know the size of the history backups. So, whatever the size of the backup that has been taken by ARMAN previously, you can see that size. Let's take if your previous backup size was 50 GB, from there you can define like you need to have 50 GB space free on the disk to fire the backup. I think those are all the preparations I would recommend in terms of firing random backup on any server. But as I mentioned earlier, it's not a good thing just you fire the database backups randomly. It's always more important to set up backup strategies based on your database size, based on the type of transactions that are happening inside the database based on what is the frequency you want, based on the CPU load, based on the user connections, there are a lot of details that go in defining the backup strategy. So instead of looking at RMAN as one-time backup tool, you should look at it as a complete backup strategy for your entire database. That being said, let's move on. A new schema was created under users as the default table space, instead of TS underscore e 6 d there are objects already created in the user's table space with around 140 GB. How can I move the objects related with that schema to the correct schema table space that is TS E6B? Alright, for this it's very simple. You can use the command alter table table name, move online table space and give the new table space name. And you'll be able to move the table from old table space to the new table space. Now understand. You just don't move tables, you sometimes have to move the partitions also. So in that case, alter table, table name, move partition is the command that you can use to move the partitions. And sometimes you will have LOB columns. Now, LOB segments take different space inside the database. So you just can't move the table and automatically LOB will be moved to the new table space. It does not work like that. For LOB segments, you need a separate command, I think author table, tablespace name, LOB, move LOB, column, you give the column name and you move that LOB segment from old tablespace to the new tablespace. Now, I'm not sure about the command. I'll put the commands below in the description of this video. You can go ahead and check. Now, one more thing, when you're dealing with tables, you would have to deal with indexes also. I believe like if you have old tables created in the old tablespace, you also want to move the indexes that are created in the old tablespace, right? For that, you can rebuild the indexes and the indexes will be recreated into the new tablespace. Pretty simple, right? Let's move on. The next question we have is, when I query v$SQL or v$SQL area, I do not see the details about one SQL ID. How can I see history SQL queries and find the specific SQL with SQL ID? See, if you know about the views inside the database, you have dynamic performance view and data dictionary views. All the V$ dollar views will be dynamic performance views and any data in the dynamic performance views will go off based on the session and it depends like sometimes it also overrides the old data. And all the data inside db underscore views will still stay back even if you shut down or restart the database. So what you need to do is for history SQL, this is a long question that people have been sending me like how to find the history Query details. It's sometimes really hard But what you can do is if the query has been ran in a pretty recent time Then what you can do is you can query from db underscore history underscore SQL text This is the data dictionary view and in this one you should get the history sql details or sometimes what you can do is you can quickly generate an awr report during the time when the sql was ran and from the awr report you can get the details of the sql. All right guys so those were amazing questions from all the DBAs across the globe and i still encourage you to put down all your questions into the comments and if you still have an issue in putting down your questions into the comment You can always write to support at dbagenesis.com I personally will either respond to your question or I will pick up the question and answer it in the upcoming episodes. And now, we'll move on to the most exciting part of the show that is the bonus question. But before that, if you are a fresher DBA, I highly encourage you to go on to dbagenesis.com and if you click on the courses on the top right corner, you can find lot of free courses Which I have already published on our website. If you do not happen to be part of our website I highly encourage you to take up all the free courses and in near future I will also be publishing more new free courses. All right, let's move on to the Bonus question <laughs> So guys, I have chosen this question for the bonus question because this actually relates to the last episode bonus question and the question goes something like this. I am confused between Oracle Bragg and Oracle Golden Gate. Which one do you recommend and why? If you all have watched the last episode and the bonus question that I had in the last episode was also related to why you should go for Golden Gate and why you should invest in Golden Gate. I'll tell you this guys again and again, if you want to have a mileage in your career for next five to seven years I think my best betting would be on Oracle Golden Gate and I can give you the main reason why Database replication is a requirement. It's a business problem. It's a business requirement Whether the client's databases reside on a physical server or in cloud still the businesses will have data replication requirements. They still want database replication from one database to the another database. And which is the number one tool in the market, it's Oracle GoldenGate, And that's the main reason I want all of you, if you are considering Oracle Rack, I would still want you to hold on, focus on Oracle GoldenGate because that's where the sweet spot lies. I just cannot tell you how many remote support DPA clients that we have and all of those clients are almost using Oracle Golden Gate. It is a must technology for all the DPAs and I can tell you this, we also hire so many DPAs and we have fired so many DPAs but we always try to retain the Golden Gate experts. I have never fired a Golden Gate expert and I have never seen a client firing a Golden Gate expert also. All in all, I'll keep it simple. So if you really want to invest in any of the technologies today, I think it will be 100% Oracle Golden Gate. Invest in Oracle Golden Gate and try to learn how to implement Golden Gate in cloud or in a physical server. By the way, there is no difference on how to implement Golden Gate, whether it is a physical server or whether it is cloud, because I'll tell you what, in the end, It's just a server, right? You use PuTTY, connect the server, implement Golden Gate, so as an EBA, you're not bothered whether the server is hosted on a physical server or the server is hosted on a cloud server, you do not have to worry about it. That being said guys, a lot of you have sent me this query after the previous episode saying like, how can I learn Oracle Golden Gate? I think we have posted so many videos regarding the Golden Gate on our own YouTube channel. You can go ahead and watch those videos out there. As usual, I request all of you to send me all your DBA related queries. I would love to answer those questions in the upcoming episodes. Till then take care. Bye bye. And I will see you in the upcoming episode. I guess we are actually missing Tony today. By the way, I'll get Tony tomorrow in the next episode. Till then, take care. Bye.